Welcome back to American Graffiti, one song at a time. I am Doris, your DJ for today, and today my guest is Darren. Hey, Darren. Hello. Darren, you're from the UK, right? Yes, yes I am, yeah. for my sins. So, how about you introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners? Well, I uh, I have been uh, podcasting a little bit for the last... I say a little bit. That's a ridiculous underplaying. Uh, for the last six years or so, I think. And the first podcast that I was involved in, I wasn't like a host or anything. I was just uh, the editor. And I was a guest on a few episodes. And that was A Talking Cast, which was about the film A Talking Cat, uh, which is a ridiculous film that... <laughs> some, it's just like a, it's like a low-budget film that was clearly done over a weekend... And has the worst, like, just the kind of pathetic spe special effects that it looks like somebody did in, like, a, you know, a Windows 95 computer. So I was only a guest on a few episodes, but I edited that. And then um, afterwards, I did uh, The Cast Next Door, which is about the uh, Jennifer Lopez thriller, The Boy Next Door. Ooh, problematic movie. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah, where I was a host for a few uh, episodes of that as well. And then I followed that up with As If, which is about the film Clueless, where I was a host for, I think, I don't know, 20-something episodes. Uh, but again, on all of these, I was mostly the, like the editor and producer. And then uh, my my kind of biggest project recently was Prince Track by Track, where I went through every single song that Prince had ever done in a podcast and covered all of those. Um, and that took me about two years to do 600-something episodes. Wow. So, yeah. So I'm familiar with both the concept of doing minute-by-minute -minute podcasts and also talking about songs. So I feel I'm doubly qualified to talk about a song from a film. As opposed to me. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm not sure what your background is. I don't want to... No, but because I'm, I'm like, this is my very first episode as a host. Okay. So, premiere. <laughs> All right. Well, Darren, you just told me in, in, in prep that... You didn't watch the movie we're talking about. I, I haven't seen the movie. I believe, um, I believe, uh, I don't know how to say Tierney. Tierney? Tierney, yeah. Yes. Um, she messaged me and said, do I want to be a guest? And I said to her, well, I haven't seen the film. Um, and she was like, that is fine. So I was like, okay, well, I, you know, I guess I'll bring the perspective of somebody who's never seen the film. It is a very interesting perspective because <laughs> that minute that you got, I'm quite curious what you've got to say about it. I mean, I, I do intend to watch this this film someday. I mean, maybe this year. I mean, you know, lockdown is continuing, so you know, we we all have plenty of time. Yeah, I, I guess you are in a, in a, in, a, in a harder lockdown than we are at the moment. Yes, but I didn't. I I, I felt that it would be more it, like the purer experience would be just to see one minute and talk about it and not know what the rest of the film is about. Other than I will say what I have gleaned from uh, pop culture, because obviously I think you know American graffiti is you know quite prominent in terms of uh, in terms of pop culture. So I'm I'm thinking I've probably you know through kind of osmosis I've probably picked up the general gist of what the film is about. But at the same time, you know I've only seen this one minute, which is a, a puzzling minute from my point of view. I mean. <laughs> You know, I we I mean, if you want to describe the minute so everyone knows where we're at, then you know, I feel like you can. But it, to, to me, there's not a huge amount that happens. So minute twelve, or actually, no, it's not minute twelve because we're not doing it minute by minute because we're doing it song by song. But it is song twelve. So the scene starts with uh, Kurt, who's gone back to high school to his old high school he just graduated from for the junior hop dance, and he's running into a teacher there. And the teacher is 
talking to him about going to college and then trying to make your way in the world and coming back to the place where you're from. And this is Mr. Wolf. Yes. And while Mr. Wolf and Kurt are talking, they're interrupted by Jane, who clearly is trying to talk to Mr. Wolf about her homework. I mean, I wasn't sure what the topic was, but obviously I could see that she's trying to... Uh, yeah. yeah, she was talking, trying to trying to get the attention of the teacher. Let's say she's trying to get his attention. Exactly. So Kurt leaves them alone. We see them um, in the shadows talking quite mm, animately, and then Kurt goes into the parking lot, sees a white thunderbird, and thinks it's the car of his dream woman that he's seen driving around the town before. He's trying to to hunt her down, basically, but. It's just a couple that is making out. It's not his dream girl in the car. Right. I See, now that answers a couple of questions. First of all, why was there so many cars? And if you're saying this is because there was a dance, that makes sense to me now. I understand that now. That was my first question. Mm-hmm. was like, because uh, it looked like a classic car convention because there were so many cars. <laughs> so many fins as well. All, all those fins. So I was puzzled as to why, uh, you know, at a school there would be that many cars. But if it's after a dance, especially at night, that was the thing that was puzzling me even more. It's like, so obviously I, I wasn't aware of that context. So that makes sense now. And then also, I I mean, personally, I felt that the interaction between the teacher and the girl seemed a little inappropriate to me. Yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly that it is very inappropriate. <laughs> Yeah, especially the way they kind of disappeared into the shadows. Like, I was like, what is going to, what's happening there? Like, that that was one of the questions in my head. Um, and then obviously we have this uh, ridiculously young Richard Dreyfus. I mean, someone called him, I think the teacher calls him Curtis, doesn't he? He doesn't say Kurt. Yeah, it's Kurt. Yes. So, I, I mean, maybe the teacher doesn't know his proper name or I don't know what, I don't know what the situation is there. But yeah, so I, yeah, I was curious as to like, you know, why there were so many cars, what was going on with that girl and the teacher. Um, and then also I was curious as to Kurt is his motivation as walking over to the, that one car because uh, you, you know the minute just finishes just as as he gets to the car and I thought is he going over there to deliberately like break up that couple or like what's going on like it seemed a little in- inappropriate like if people are making out in a car in a school parking lot just leave them alone don't you don't need to be knocking on the windows and breaking things up but now you're saying he was obviously he's looking for a specific car that makes so it yeah, makes yeah. more sense to me now i thought he was like just going up there to interrupt his friend and stop him from you know making out with this girl in the car because he was jealous or something like I, I you know that was my but then like i say i had no context for the scene so i was like it, why it's is so he's... very interesting to to hear all of that without the context around it yeah because you got this very strange minute <laughs> yes, I mean it. May, I mean it kind of. But now you said what's happening, it kind of makes like all some of the questions I had kind of make more sense. But also the fact that you know I did feel the relate. You know what was going on with the girl and the teacher was inappropriate, and you also uh, seem aware of that as well. So I was like, yes. So the, you know, the, I, it wasn't just me reading something into it. No, no, definitely not. So this this teacher in the the scene before, basically, it cuts in in the middle of the scene. He is surrounded by a group of girls. And he calls them sexy vixens, so oh. <laughs> very, very inappropriate. Okay, so they see. So I didn't even need that to realize. Yes, there's obviously something going on with the the teacher, but then you know he's called Mr. Wolf, so yeah. I f- it feels like there's maybe I don't know something in there about a metaphor about you know Little Red Riding Hood and and maybe there's some I don't know just, just calling the teacher Mr. Wolf suggests that he is automatically predatory without anything else. You know, if you you know yeah, he he seems to be a bit of a sleaze back though. Yeah. Yeah. He is played by Terence McGovern, who is actually a very old friend of George Lucas. He's mostly known for voice acting nowadays, but he's got a ton of acting credits. And he was in THX 1138. 
so Lucas's first film. He also was a lot of voices for um, Empire people in Star Wars. Okay. And the student is a then relatively unknown actress called K.N. Kemper, more known today as K. Lance. Okay. And this was, a, hmm, I think, her first or second film. I did notice that when she smiled, because of the, the darkness, her teeth did kind of particularly stand out. Uh, she looked a little bit kind of Cheshire Catish to me. I was like, <laughs> it looked like she yeah, kind yeah. of appeared in the darkness with these bright teeth. Yeah. And she, she has the um, tongue thing going on. Yes. Yeah. Like I say, the whole thing seemed extremely inappropriate. I mean... <laughs> yeah, I, I bet they weren't talking about homework. No, well, the fact that Richard Dreyfuss just walks away from the whole thing. You know, if I was him, I would be a bit more concerned about, you know, where that's going. But I, I guess he's got other concerns. Like you say, he's looking for this girl. He's looking for this girl. There is a film that, um, that I'm a big fan of that came out, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago? Probably more than that. Um, called The Myth of the American Sleepover. Uh-huh. Never heard of it. Well, it's a, it's a, I, I think it barely got a release. The director went on to do Its Follows afterwards, which obviously was a bigger hit and everybody kind of knows it from that. And in that, there is a, there is one, there's many plot lines because it's like a huge cast, kind of like this, in fact, kind of, you know, the same kind of, it's almost like a, a kind of an American graffiti type thing where it's basically set over one night and, you know, there's a whole, you know, big ensemble cast of people doing various things. And one of the storylines in that is a kid sees this girl in a supermarket and then spends the entire night trying to find her. And then he does eventually find her. And then, uh, you know, nothing really comes of it. <laughs> so it's kind of... It, but that's, but the weird thing is, on most of the posters and stuff, his character is kind of put front and center as if he's like the main... That's the main storyline. So it's it's kind of interesting that, you, that that that's an element of this. I mean, I mean I'm assuming that... Because American Graffiti, I think, was one of the... One of that director's inspirations. So I'm assuming that storyline is kind of a reference to this storyline. Sounds like it, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it is a spoiler. Okay. But... Um... He does find her, and nothing comes of it. Oh, okay. well, there you go, then. I mean, I, I, I kind of spoiled Myth of American Sleepover there as well, because <laughs> that, is, that is kind of one of the... Like, it's the only... Really, it's the only storyline that's got any kind of tension in it in the entire film, because it's very much just like a, a film about hanging out with a bunch of kids. So, but I... Yeah, so it's interesting that they both kind of end in a similar way. That would suggest that it is kind of a, a big influence. But yeah, so... But when he approached the car, I, I was thinking, in the next scene, is he going to be, like, knocking on the window and talking to his friend, and they're going to be like, why are you stopping me from making out with this girl, or you know whatever the situation is but uh, what you're saying is just a random person it's just a, a random couple making out so he was oh. mistaken he is saying he's sorry he interrupted them and he's backing <laughs> off yeah well that's it i mean really it was it was poor form for him to just go up to them in the first place i feel i mean if the only i mean if the only place that you have to to make out is in a parking lot of a school you know just leave those people alone yeah I mean, although it would be... Well, really, they need like a make-out point type thing, don't they? They need somewhere to go. Yeah, and it is 1962, so you can't take your boyfriend home, probably. Yeah. Well, I'm not an American teenager. I never was. No. You aren't. No. <laughs> so, this kind of dating culture, cruising around the town in your car at night, meeting other people at the drive-in, this is totally alien to me. Yes, what was teenage life, dating culture like in England? I, I mean, I'm, I live in what was a large town, but is now a small city due to the fact that over here we can, we can change what we call our towns and cities. And so I guess, I mean, the, none of us drove and most of it consisted of going to people's houses and uh, particularly when you're like 15, 16, drinking alcohol, basically, that you obviously were too young to really actually have. 
you know, so there was a lot of that, but no, no cars. That's that's a kind of always a thing that kind of puzzled me about America. But then again, it's so big, and you know, you basically need a car to get anywhere, don't you? So it kind of makes sense. But for me, no, no cars. You know, just if you wanted to go somewhere, you'd you know, you'd walk there, or or you know, maybe catch a bus if it's a bit further away. But uh, yeah, the car part always kind of uh, is. It sounds weird to say exotic, but, you know, if you're European, um, sometimes things that are kind of commonplace in America seem a bit more exotic, don't they? Yeah, and since we're both European, so... Yes, I mean, mean, at the moment, only a technicality on my part, but yes, we definitely are European, and yeah, it's just kind of... I can't imagine that... uh, I don't know, when do, do, uh, you know, uh, German people get their their driver's license? Like, I don't don't know that's... Full license, where you're no longer required to take someone adult with you. Yes. At 18 right now. Gee, over here it's 17. Yeah, you you can get uh, a preliminary license at 17, but you always have to have an adult in the car with you. Okay. I mean, we can... The funny thing over here is obviously, you know, we can... I think we... You know, you you apply for your provisional license, or th- at least you did when I was younger, around like 16. And then on your 17th birthday, that is most... That's over here. That's when most people just get like driving lessons as like a present, Um, you know, like 10 or 15 driving lessons. And then you take your test and that's it. You're a driver. You can... You can just get a car and start driving everywhere. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, which feels like it's a little bit more kind of... I mean, in America, it's like 16 or something, isn't it? So it's even more kind of sketchy that like i don't i personally don't think teenagers should be driving around in cars but well at least they're not supposed to be drunk driving in america well yes yeah <laughs> um but yeah so yeah it's 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 just it's just kind of odd that i guess it's just because of the ages but then at the same time obviously in america they're not drinking until they're 21 but over here you know you can get a driver's license at 17 and then you can be drinking at 18 so yeah you can drink the the uh, hard stuff at 18 here as well but you can drink uh wine and 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 the more like mellow stuff when you're 16 oh see now over here if you you can have this is this is such a always a funny thing for me you can drink alcohol when you're 14 in a licensed premises as long as it's with a meal so it's that's such a weird kind of it's like, but I think it's only wine or I don't know, like sherry or whatever. <laughs> so it's like yeah, stuff that. Let's just say you can buy it. You can buy it legally when you're 16. You can buy the, the hard liquor you can buy at 18. But if your parents are with you, you can drink at 12 if you want, if they allow you to. Yeah. Well, over here, you can drink. This is, again, such a weird law. As long as you're over the age of six and your parents have bought the alcohol and it's in your own home, then you're yeah, allowed yeah. to drink. Yeah. So it's just, uh, so I think we just have a completely different culture. But obviously in America, they, they don't let them drink for so long and then they all go crazy and yeah and i mean like you like you said it is a huge country probably you yes. need to be able to drive a car a lot sooner than you are um drinking beer <laughs> yeah so yeah and that also explains why that this parking lot is full of so many cars because obviously how else are they going to get there is the question yeah it's also the the, the freshman dance yes so how old are you when you're freshman at high school probably like 15 16 tops uh probably younger yeah, I think it's around that age, isn't it? Seniors are 18, aren't they? So Yeah, seniors, they leave high school at 17, I guess. So let's minus four. Yeah, again, it's this, but I mean, I think it's well, probably just because George Lucas is such a big kind of car guy, isn't he? That he's just like, fill up the parking lot with classic cars, you know, just because I like. I mean, it is, um, it is a car show movie basically yes there's so many gorgeous cars in that one that is having not seen the rest of the film that is something that i've always understood about american graffiti that it is a lot about cars yeah it's about um hard rods and racing sounds like a film that i saw in 1999 directed by george lucas where there there was a whole (laughs) bunch of 
a whole bunch of racing, although obviously, you know, not hot rods. Or I guess you could say hot pods. Uh, this is hot racing in that case. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's put it like that. I prefer the racing in this one to the racing in um, the Phantom Menace, but totally different discussion. Yes, I think any sensible person would come to that decision. <laughs> okay, this is uh, the more grown-up movie essay. <laughs> yeah. So the song underneath that uh, scene is "See You in September" by The Tempos, which is the original recording of that song. Yes. Although when I searched for this song first, it sent me to the other group that do it, which is... The Happenings. The Happenings, yes. Yeah, because they had the more hit version of it. Yeah, although, I mean, uh, there's not a huge amount between the two versions, I would say. I didn't notice much of a difference either. Well, here's the thing. The happen- the, the, the Tempos one is more of a four-part recording, so all, everybody's singing pretty much all the lyrics at the same time, and they have like the female voices as a counterpoint, whereas the Happenings version, they do a... The, the kind of counterpoint is the other members of the group. So there's like one main voice and then they keep kind of repeating uh, the previous lyric as like a refrain. But the style of delivery is pretty much the exact same. Like in the space of, I don't know, what was it, like six, eight years, something like that between them, seven years? Uh, you know, the the, the kind of, di- um, the style of I them is... I think that the tempos was um, 58. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and the happenings are 66. So you'd ex- you'd expect that like there would be a shift in the production or something, but it's pretty much just a, a, a you know a doo-wop song both times. But the arrangement is just slightly different on the on the happenings version, which I think is the better version really out of the two. You know, I'm not a huge like doo-wop fan. Um, I guess you know George. It's funny because I'm guessing if George Lucas had used the the more well-known version, people would have been like you know bringing him up for saying you know like it's the wrong year because it, obviously it would have been four years after the film's meant to be set or something. So I guess he had to use the original version. Although it's barely you can just about hear it. It's not really very prominent in the scene, is it? No, it isn't. It is not very prominent. Yeah, but I kind of like because yes. it has this very sentimental, wistful lyrics. So this saying goodbye for the summer to your lover and then hoping they don't cheat on you before you come back. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, it, it kind of it kind of reflects the the scene of um the movie because everyone there is kind of saying goodbye to their youth because Kurt is it's the last night before they are supposed to leave for college. So it kind of reflects that sentimentality for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I would say though that the, the like, um, you know, I mean, this is only speaking as somebody who did a podcast for six hundred episodes where I had to go through the lyrics of everything. <laughs> uh, the intention behind the lyrics, like you say, like the idea that you know we're saying goodbye at the station and summer vacation is taking you away, and uh, but then there's this whole like of you know, or or will I, you know, will I see you in September? Or which is obviously you know the title of the song, but then the 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 next line is literally or lose you to a summer love. And I gotta be honest with you, like calling calling the idea of like your your girlfriend cheating on you a summer love, it's very it's like it kind of plays it down just a little bit of like you know like it makes it seem a bit more kind of like a you know I don't know it's I it's, I just found it a really weird way of like phrasing it because then you've got this whole uh, there's like a middle eight where they're like counting the days till I'll be with you counting the hours and the minutes too but the underlying thing is. Or are you cheating on me at this very moment while I'm counting down the days? And it's like... Uh. Maybe it, it's something like what stays, uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Like what happens in the summer uh, doesn't count. I guess, yeah. Yeah. 
But it just, I don't know. I just I just thought it was quite the like the given the tone of the song and like you say, there's a kind of sentimental tone to it, and then the kind of this underlying just because again, it's not like it's not explicit. It's just twice they just say or lose you to a summer love, just as like a footnote, as like oh you know maybe maybe yeah. you'll stay faithful or you'll be having tons of sex with some other hot guy that you meet over the summer, <laughs> and it's like hold on a second like but I, you know and they deliver it in two minutes which is something that I can always get behind you know like a, a nice quick kind of like pop song uh, <laughs> just being two minutes long but I'll say this it remind. here's the thing it reminded me of another song that I think is from around kind of this a similar time and has kind of a uh, I don't know it's it's kind of the opposite of this a little bit but uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Tears on My Pillow which has been recorded a few times over the years but you know the most recent kind of famous version was done by Kylie Minogue in 1990 and that's kind of about someone having to break up with someone because they're, you know, they're not going to be able to be together for the summer and that kind of thing. And it's just like, I don't know, I don't know what was going on in the 50s that people were suddenly being split up in the summer and they were afraid that the other person was going to stay faithful to them. Like, it just seems to be a theme in doo-wop songs. And, you know, they're delivered with such, like, with such a nice kind of production and with such nice voices that you don't really notice that they're kind of almost like, I don't know, there's a little kind of tinge of bitterness in the kind of like... The little barb is quite soft. Well, that's it. Yes, it's it's like oh, you know, we're we're in love, and it's it's so you know, it's terrible to be saying goodbye. But at the same time, when we meet again, are you going to have basically been cheating on cheating on me with somebody else? I never thought about the the emphasis on the summer being special and people having to leave each other because the summer is coming. Yeah, I I, yeah. I mean I think it's interesting because obviously in America the the, the like summer break is I don't know like three months long like they it break used up to in be, like, it used to be a couple of months yeah yeah so they like broke up in like June and they didn't come back until September so there was basically like most of June July and August and then a bit into September it was like almost like you know thirteen weeks or something whereas over here it's only six weeks the summer holidays I don't, I don't know how long the summer holidays are in Germany in terms of six weeks six weeks there you there you go so obviously in Europe we're only breaking up for a barely longer than a month so there's not really the same kind of pining for someone if you you know you're basically going to see him in like 40 days yeah and of course i mean it's probably also not high school it's they're going away to college they're moving across the country probably yeah yeah i guess that's another... they won't be able to to come home except for maybe christmas in between or, or thanksgiving or thanksgiving yeah whereas of course here and i guess it's the same in the uk distances are so much shorter so you you are able to come back maybe every other weekend if you want. I guess, I guess like like you say, America's big. Uh, so <laughs> so I guess if they're driving off to some other part of the country, which, you know, takes them like, I don't know, like six or seven days to drive there, then I can imagine, yeah, the, the, the hassle of coming back. Obviously, in more recent times, you know, they'd be, uh, you know, uh, getting planes i would imagine i don't think anyone's driving those kind of distances these days but yeah it's like i guess it's 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 a it's a feeling that i don't think is really the same from a european perspective because like you said the distance just isn't there you know like you know you can travel the entire of the uk in probably a day so it's not like you ever really feel like you're far away from someone that 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 feeling of like you know you're going to be away for the summer is such a, a kind of an odd one to me yeah for me too but at the same time, the whole don't cheat on me. <laughs> but they're not even saying don't do it. They're just saying 
maybe you will you know like the or or lose you to a summer love is such a such a kind yeah. of thing you know i guess the song summer loving in greece makes a lot more sense to me now well since you haven't watched the rest of the film yet there's this other couple and that storyline in the song fits them so much better but i'm not going to go into detail because should you be able to watch the film i'm not going to spoil everything for you well and also for any listeners who haven't uh, you know who haven't watched ahead you know let's not spoil it for them either exactly Although it it happened before, so it, oh, it happened okay. in in at the beginning of the film. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's well. Why didn't they put that film at the beginning? This song at the beginning of the film? Then that doesn't make any sense to me. Oh well, you know. Yeah, I'm not gonna spoil all the secrets. You have no. to watch it. <laughs> and uh, well, yes, but uh, like I say, so this is an odd, odd, odd kind of minute, and that song is a, a little bit of an odd song. Um, so I guess they fit together. Okay. So, any final thoughts on this one? Um, I was going to say, before we spoke, I did mention that uh, I think the film Dazed and Confused... I mean, I've already mentioned a different film that kind of took inspiration from this film. Yeah. Dazed and Confused is kind of similar to this in that it's a final day of school, and it's about, you know, a bunch of kids uh, set over a single night, and there are a couple of them who are kind of like, you know, bouncing between these different groups and kind of... There's a there's a there's there's two characters, one of whom is played by a, an actor called Wiley Wiggins, which is a ridiculous name, and he is kind of trying to... He, He's kind of like trying to find this girl, although not kind of putting much effort into it. Um, and he keeps kind of bumping into her at different kind of parties throughout the night. And, you know, th- that like the, it, basically the the kind of tone of it, I think, is very similar to this. And uh, I think Richard Linklater kind of took inspiration from uh, American Graffiti. And I do remember a lot of the reviews when Days of Confused came out saying that it's kind of a modern uh, American graffiti. And I think because uh, American Graffiti was what, 73, I think. Am I right in saying that? Um, but set in 62, so there's like a 10-year difference. Yeah, it was it was shot in 72, it is set in 62, so it's a 10-year difference, exactly. Yeah. Whereas uh, Days of Confused came out in, I think, 94, and it was set in 76. So there's a bit of a bigger kind of gap, but it's kind of based on the kind of, you know, the kind of childhood of the director. And I think this is a similar thing with this as well, isn't it? That this is kind yeah, of... Yeah, similar thing, because uh, George Lucas said this is basically based on his high school years and his years as a, as a racer and, yeah. and a college student at the film school. It's kind of it's kind of interesting that, you know, it seems like kind of once a decade, somebody kind of, you know, some young director kind of watches this film and he's like, oh, I think I'll do that about my childhood, you know. And why not? Yeah. And, it, it, you know, it seems like it's a, a kind of a, an easy format, doesn't it? Like, you know, just kind of have a bunch of teens aimlessly wandering around and having fun. Who doesn't yeah, like to watch and, that? Yeah, and you put the music of the times there. Yes, well, and that's and that's another thing with Days and Confused. There is like a, a like a kind of a really well known kind of soundtrack of like seventies kind of rock bands, and obviously this is like sixties so, do what bands and stuff like that, isn't it? So and rock and roll bands. So it's kind of yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing yeah. that that's it puts your your audience into a really nice nostalgic mood for their own teenage years. Yes, they can listen to their favorite songs again. In the case of Days and Confused, it would have been you know I would have been like minus one when when that was taking place. If it said in seventy six, I would have been five. Yeah, so it's so you know, less less about our childhoods, more about Richard Linklater's. But yeah, it does. It's <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah. weird because it now I'm nostalgic for the time when Days of Confused came out. So if somebody the wanted, early nineties, yeah. So if somebody wanted to set a film in like ninety four and have a bunch of teenagers wandering around some city listening to grunge, then um, you know I would definitely I bet it's watch been that. Done. It probably has been done, and I'm just not <laughs> aware of it because it was not my teenage time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, so that, like it just seems like it's a it's at this point. I mean, obviously, this is I think setting the template, isn't it? You know, but at this point, it kind of seems like a bit of a formula for a young director to be like, oh, I'll get a bunch of songs and a bunch of teenagers, and you know, see where it goes. Although there's no hot rod racing in. Um, well, the, the hot rod racing is actually kind of, although it is supposed to be kind of the main storyline, it is really toned down, actually. There's, in Days of Confused, there's uh, people getting high and punching each other at one point. And that's pretty <laughs> much, that's it. That is, that's as much excitement as you get. Uh, one almost fist fight where somebody gets punched and then somebody gets punched and that's the end of it. So, But yeah, I'd recommend Days of Confused. And obviously, I, you know, I look forward to watching the rest of American Graffiti at some point and figuring out how much of a parallel there is between the two films. So, Darren, do you have a current project in the works that you'd like to plug? I have two at the moment. Um, depending on when this episode is released, I have Knives Out Minute, uh, which is going through the film Knives Out minute by minute. I am not a host on that or a guest. Uh, I am merely editing and producing it because while that is coming out, I'm also going to be doing T. Hanks for the Memories, which is a look at all of Tom Hanks' films. That sounds awesome. Yes. So, I mean, I mostly did it for the pun. You know, I thought T. Hanks, The Memories, and I was like, you know, that's got to be the title of a podcast. So let's, you know, let's do that. Absolutely. So I that should be starting some May 2021, I think, is is when I'm kind of, I'm going to start putting episodes out for that. Uh, but those will both be running concurrently from like May to September-ish. So, so <laughs> uh, the Tom Hanks is only going to be once a week. Knives Out Minute is going to be five episodes a week. Uh, you know, obviously covering one minute at a time. So they are both on Twitter. Uh, Knives Out Minute, I think, is Knives Out Minute. And T. Hanks for the Memories, I think, is something like T. Hanks for the Memory because there's not enough letters to put memories uh, on a Twitter handle. Okay, and if you have watched American Graffiti and you want to join us in more discussion about it, you can look us up on Facebook. We have the Mel's Listeners Drive-In group. And we're also on Twitter and on Instagram under VCR Privileges. Darren, this has been fun. Thank you very much. Um, you know, hopefully at some point in the future, I'll watch the rest of the film and then this will all make sense to me. And I promise I will watch Days and Confused. <laughs> you should. I mean, if you like if you like American Graffiti, they mentioned it so many times in every single review for Days and Confused that it's like, I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, if you I'm assuming, that, you know, the kind of if you enjoy the kind of the, the music scene and whatever, uh, it will kind of it will kind of feel like it's the same kind of thing. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great film. Days and Confused is such a good film. Probably one of my favorites. So, I'd say we'll lock off and call it a day. Bye. Bye. He's really fast, isn't he?